0: Come on, Steve, we've got D in the car Failure is not an option. It's a problem of motivation, all right? Boy's well, got a mouth like a cannon, always shooting it off. Yeah, something like that. It's the good stuff. Shake it back! Does that feel good? (laughs) Yeah, it rhymes. They're both verbs. It's awesome. So listen to that. Welcome back to another episode of Strictly Outside the Lines, where we learn how to live a life by design, a life that does not conform to the standards of society, does not live within the box that other people tell us to live where we learn how to live a life that is strictly outside the lines, where we challenge the status quo, we challenge the norm, we determine what is right for us and how we pursue that. This episode, we're going to talk about perspective, um, the way we view ourselves, the way we view the world, and how that ties into success. Because again, anytime we look at something, we have a choice as to how to view it. I wanted to bring you back to this past summer where I went with a road trip with my wife and three kids from Dallas, Texas to St. Louis, Missouri, and then up to Chicago, Illinois. Now, I grew up where we would travel all the time. Um, I, we would road trip frequently from St. Louis, Missouri to Kansas City, Kansas, which is about a four and a half hour drive, if I remember correctly and from my memory i believe i enjoyed it <laughs> my siblings might tell me otherwise um but from what i remember I, I enjoyed the road trips we we always we didn't have video games and ipads and things like that back then i think we we used these little bingo games with little sliding red things that you had to look out the window and if you saw a cow you would slide the the chick chick over a uh over the picture of the cow on the bingo board and at the end of it if you got all of them the new one or something like that i don't know we had crazy ways of entertaining ourselves um very different than what we have nowadays but i grew up going on road trips i grew up outside in nature and i remember growing up everything was just fans it was fascinating to me you know my my cousin's baseball bat orange baseball plastic baseball bat was a lightsaber it wasn't a bat i wasn't into sports but this was a lightsaber you know the tree that was growing in the yard wasn't a tree it was a scary monster at night and that's typical with with children you know um and, and it's the way that we as kids approach life, the way we view things. Everything is this, this viewpoint of wonderment. And this is not going to be a show where we talk about how, oh, you got to be a child and view things as a child. And well, you know what? That is true. We have to look at things like that. But we also have to get practical. But what I do want to uh, bring to light is that when we look at something, we choose how to view it. Now, back to the road trip. So we were road tripping from Dallas up to Chicago, and I am not a, a nighttime driver. If I drive at night, I, I'm going to fall asleep at the wheel. As a matter of fact, I think one time I was driving from um, St. Louis to Chicago at night, and I somehow managed to drive over a a metal gate or a metal fence or a chair or something that was on the freeway, and I didn't see it because my eyes were starting to shut on me, and I actually punctured the gas line. You know, that was fun. Um, Anyway, I'm not a nighttime driver, so in discussion with my wife, we decided that what with the two kids, our six-year-old and our four-year-old, and our newborn baby, who was probably four or five weeks at the time, uh, we decided we were going to break the trip up over a period of a couple days. So we went from Dallas to Arkansas, Arkansas to St. Louis, St. Louis to Chicago, spent um, a weekend in Chicago, and then we headed back down in that exact route. So that way broke it up to between five to six hours a day. And it was great. We rented a a van so that we would have more space. And we had a blast. It was a really great time. And it was so interesting because here I am, that extremely driven individual who's all about getting things done. And I had to have a purpose with this trip other than what it was for, which was spending time with our family and and going to visit my wife's 99-year-old grandmother. Um, And for me, I had to have something else going on. And here I was driving in the front seat. Um, my two kids, my two older kids were all the way in the back, in the back row. And my wife was sitting in the middle row with with our newborn. And I just remember sitting there driving, and I'm looking at the road, but I hear how my wife is looking at the clouds with my kids. And they're saying, Oh, what do you see? Oh, there's a turtle, there's an elephant, there's a crocodile wearing a shoe. <laughs> there's a lollipop building a house, all the things that they would come up with. And, th- and there was this fascination from just the simple things that they saw out there. And it prompted within me to start looking at things the same way. Now, I'm driving, so I can't exactly look at the clouds and admire them, but I started looking at the scenery around me. We were driving through farm country, and what was incredible that these are people who, they're out there. They're, their entire life is providing for others. Without them and their farms, we would not have food in the groceries. I I don't know how many of us actually understand that and realize that, that it is literally the farmers and the ranchers who are the backbone of this country. They provide us with the food that we need. Without them, we're going to starve. Unless, of course, you start your own farm or you start your own homestead and grow your own food. But for the vast majority of us Americans, we need these people in order to survive and it was incredible to to see it and just see how it's done and to look at them not as like the lower level civilians, which I think many of us are kind of taught to look at them as like, oh, if you're a farmer, well, you're not a lawyer or a doctor or a real estate broker. On the contrary, though, like we need them. And so I started to throughout that trip, started to look at things a little differently. And now because I grew up in St. Louis, once we got to St. Louis, I started to now see everything that we experienced through the eyes of myself as an adult, while simultaneously having those memories that I had when I was a kid. You know, one example was uh, when I was growing up, my aunt and uncle's house was always the—it was the hangout place. On, on Saturdays, everybody in the community would go over to their house. We would all swing on the swings, run around the yard, and I remember this yard being so vast and massive. And I remember their dog chasing me around the yard. And it was this huge open field that we would all run around in. And when we went back, I was shocked at how normal-sized it actually was. Because, well, now as an adult, obviously I'm bigger. So things are spatially different. But then I got to see my kids running around in that same yard, saying how big the yard is. And they were saying those, those exact words, this yard is so huge, there's so much grass. And seeing realizing for myself that you know what it could still be like that in my mind this yard could still be this amazingly massive expansive area we can take that childlike approach to the world and view things with this positive energy with this this positive mentality this idea that anything is possible and, and it's something that I think a lot of us do forget, we, because we get so caught up in the rat race, we get so caught up in living between the lines that we forget to look outside the lines, we forget to look at things from a different perspective. And that's really what this is all about. This whole thing, this whole podcast, this whole show is about reminding ourselves to do that and teaching ourselves how to do that. So from something as simple as looking at a backyard that we grew up in, or that we see, we see it now as adults, we see it as well, most of us will see it. Oh my gosh, I got to mow the lawn. I got to pay somebody to mow the lawn. Uh, this, this grass brings bugs and, and mosquitoes, and oh, there's worms coming up, and they're tearing up the soil, and my garden's a mess. But a kid sees it as, look at this magical kingdom that I have. Look at all the possibility of all the different games I can play in this yard. And we need to take that, and we need to apply it to our life as well. And I'm not talking about physically just our house and, and our yard. I mean, by all means, go into your yard with your kids and, and say, look at how amazing this yard is. Let's build a castle. Let's build a snow fort. That was one of those things that happened, you know, a couple of years ago, actually, when we were in New York. There was a massive snowstorm and I wasn't going to work that day. And I went out to the front with my kids and we were having a little uh, snowball fight. And we were in a tiny Brooklyn, New York um, front yard porch area that was probably 15 by 15, if I'm being generous. And you're gonna say, well, so there's not really much you can do there. Well, But we did, we had a snowball fight, we built a snow fort, because we shifted our perspective from what is reality to what is possibility. And when you shift your mindset from what is reality to what is possibility, it opens up a whole new realm of what is actually possible. And that's not something that comes right away. It's something that we have to develop that. And we develop it by looking at the things that we have in our life currently, and seeing what is a perspective shift that I can have on this. You know, another event that happened to us while we were there, we went to the world famous St. Louis Zoo, which I grew up in, and I absolutely loved it. Um, it was one of my all time favorite places to go. And one of, my, one of the reasons why I love St. Louis so much, they are not a sponsor of this podcast of the show. Um, maybe it's a good idea, though, I should reach out to them and find out if they want to the city of St. Louis will, will sponsor this episode. Uh, but one of the reasons why I love St. Louis was because a lot of things, there were free. The zoo was free. The science center was free. Various aspects of the city, there, there were things you could do that were free. Side point, though. We, were, we went to the zoo because I wanted my kids to kind of walk through the footsteps that I went through when I, when I grew up. And plus, I wanted to re-walk those very same footsteps. And I wanted to see things now as I view them as an adult. And... Over the years, obviously, times change, things change. And, and when I was there, it was still an incredible zoo. And I think 95% of the exhibits were free. Now, we went back, and as many zoos are doing, they have all the free exhibits. But a lot of them also, they now charge for some of the better ones. Like, you know, the, the ape experience or the lion encounter or whatever it may be. A lot of them are doing this dinosaur thing now. You know, whatever it may be. They charge for those, and it's, it's, a, it's a small fee, $3, $5, whatever it is. And my wife and I had decided at the beginning of the trip that we weren't going to spend any money beyond what we had already budgeted out. We were going to stick to a budget, so even though I would love to take my kids through the ape experience and through the lion experience and the dinosaur adventure or whatever it was called, we had committed to our budget, and we were going to keep to it. And my kids didn't know the difference. Actually, that's not true. My kids did know the difference. Because uh, they mentioned, especially my son, who absolutely loves dinosaurs, he wanted to go to the dinosaur exhibit, and I told him, I said, you know what, we we didn't budget for it. We don't have the money for it right now. Um, uh, that money is going to other things as well right now. There's so many free exhibits that we can look at, and and you can choose which one you want to look at and which one you want to go to. And it was hard for him, but he understood it. He got it. He understands to a certain degree how how money works. Um, And we had a blast. We went to all the free exhibits and it was so much fun. And I was able to share with them how when I was a kid, we saw this. And it was just, it was a really great time. As we're walking around, though, I hear somebody, I hear one person there whisper, not whisper. Somebody very loudly says to another one, to to their friend that they were walking around with. And they were saying, oh, it's so annoying that all the good things in the zoo they charge for. And so this person was upset that all the good things. Costs money. Now, my wife and I had literally been talking about, not 30 seconds earlier, how it was so incredible that in a place like St. Louis, the zoo is free because they charge for some of the other exhibits. Or rather, because they're charging for some of the exhibits, they're able to make the entrance to the zoo free and you're able to enjoy yourself so much more. It's a perspective shift. It's a way of viewing life. It's a way of viewing the opportunities that come to you. You can choose to see things as, all the good things cost money. It's so stupid. What is the point? Or you can choose to view things as, I'm so grateful that we are able to have free entry because there's something else covering the cost. And I'm okay not having that extra thing because I have what is available to me right now. And really the point of that second story really is about the idea of appreciation. Appreciating what you have, what you have access to. You can desire more and you can want more and by all means go after it. Pursue it. But look at it from this is what is possible. This is what I can have. All these people that have laid the foundation before me me to be able to do this that I want to do, to have the experience that I want to have. I'm grateful for that. I appreciate the free things. I appreciate the simple things. I appreciate the easy things. I also appreciate the journey that it takes to get to those things that cost, so to speak. Because I know when I go back to the zoo with my kids, the next time that we go, because we're going to take that road trip again. It was a fun road trip. Uh, We're going to go again. And, you know, God willing, next time we will go to the paid exhibits. And now the kids are going to have a different experience. And it's going to have an, be an experience that they earned, that they worked for. And it's going to be one that they appreciate more because they didn't necessarily have it at the beginning. And that's one of those things when it comes to success. You know, we have to be pursuing success from the right place. A lot of people say that, you know, when I'm wealthy, I'll be happy. Or all the wealthiest people are, oh, they're so happy. That's wrong. there's statistics out there that show that a good portion of those people who are wealthy and have a lot of money actually aren't happy. And it's definitely not the money that brings happiness. Can money buy you things that make you happy? Sure. But at the end of the day, success amplifies what is already there. So if you are somebody who's truly happy before you achieve your success, then when you become successful, you'll be that much happier because the foundation of that success is already there. The happiness came first, and the happiness led to you doing the work, which then produced the success that you had. But if a person is unhappy, and they're pursuing success because, oh, I need to be successful so that I'll be happy, well, guess what? Even if you do achieve that perceived success, you're just going to be unhappy because of all the things that you had to throw out along the way, all the things that you have dropped by the side, all the things that you have sacrificed to get there. And when it comes to living outside the lines in pursuit of success, it's this, you have to remember this idea. If everybody is doing X, you should do Y. You know, if everybody's doing something in a certain way, and this is just the way it's always been done, look around you, the people around you. If they're miserable and they're unhappy with what they're doing, but they're doing it because, oh, it's going to give me the money I need, That's not the people you want to be surrounding yourself with. Surround yourself with the people who are going to help you on your path in the right way. Look at all the people who are truly successful. Those are the people who are successful because they were happy first. They're successful. They're happy not because of their success, but they're happy because they are happy. And their success is a byproduct of that. That's the thing to focus on. The thing to focus on here really is our mindset, our perspective, The way we view our life and when we're able to shift that perspective to one of childlike wonder where we appreciate the small things we view things in the realm of possibility and we look at the things that we have and we appreciate what we're able to have in this moment and not be upset about that things which we don't have that is when you're going to be able to start seeing real success because that gratitude and that that, uh, that idea of possibility will lead to happiness, which will then lead you to success. So take some time to look at the things around you in your life. Look at what you've got going on. Look at those lines that have kind of been defined for you and see, how can I appreciate the lines that I have right now? And because that is the thing, in order to be able to step outside the lines, you have to understand what the lines are. And have to appreciate the lines. If you remember in my story about our move from Crown Heights from Brooklyn to Dallas, as long as my wife and I spent trying to run away from Crown Heights, we weren't able to get out because we were in that perspective. We were in that mindset. We were looking at things as I am miserable. I am unhappy and something else is going to change my happiness. So therefore we must move. But once we switch that perspective to, okay, these are the lines that are holding us back. This is what that life outside the lines looks like. We have more space, better finances, a better relationship. Our kids are in a better school. These are the values and the principles that we stand by. Once we started having that perspective, then we were able to become happy with what we had already. We saw how that life within the lines that we had been living up until that point contributed to who we became and who we were becoming and what we were going to be able to achieve. And it gave us the vision for what life outside the lines looks like. So look for what you have right now. The things that you may perceive as negative or not good or the things that you don't necessarily want in your life or things aren't going the way you want them. Look at them. Identify them. Say, hey, how is this actually serving me well? What have I learned from this? What have I gained from this? And how can I take this forward? What can I be happy for right now? And what can I pursue as far as happiness is concerned? And then take that next step to achieving achieving the real happiness, the real success. And by doing this, you'll see very soon that you're going to be able to start living a life that is strictly outside the lines. I'd say that was a pretty successful broadcast.